Well, good morning, everyone, and uh, welcome to our time of worship today. I know you've enjoyed the time of singing and uh, the worship hour that we've had. And of course, new Christmas songs coming in, and uh, that's the season, right? October uh, is gone, November gone, and now the long-awaited December. At least many are always excited when December rolls around in the calendar because we begin our approach to Christmas. <clears throat> well, it's the same here at the Orchard. We're making our approach to Christmas, and we're, we're, we're introducing today a brand new series for this Christmas season called Great Expectations. And uh, I believe it's going to be a blessing to you, and, and, and it certainly is a, a blessing to us to get a uh, have the opportunity to communicate it, and so we're excited that you've joined us. Now, I've come to understand <clears throat> that Christmas comes with great expectations, right? We all have certain expectations towards or about Christmas. Um, I think they, those expectations are somehow energized, and those expectations escalate as the season draws nearer. And of course, it escalates when we start seeing the Hallmark Christmas cards and the Hallmark movies, and all of the decorations begin to come into play. Even TV commercials begin to build expectations, right? All the movies that we see build certain expectations in Christmas cards and 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 movies. The snow always is falling at the right time, and the tree is always perfectly trimmed out and never sheds, by the way, and, and all of the lights are perfectly in place, and the gifts are not just wrapped, they're wrapped with beautiful bows, and immediately we begin to build our expectations of what our Christmas day is going to look like. There's a fire burning in the fireplace, and of course, nobody's getting smoky. Everybody's just enjoying that, and everyone is singing their Christmas carols. The carolers come by, and oh, it's just a paradise, and our expectations then begin to build. It's not that expectations are wrong. As a matter of fact, really, we need expectations. <clears throat> the problem is that our expectations often exceed reality or else ignore what is really the truth. The problem is not having expectations. The problem is how tightly we hold those expectations and, and what is the source of our expectations. If we're not careful, we begin to expect more from Christmas than it will actually deliver as far as our emotions, our feelings, the settings, the scenes. How many times have you been disappointed because uh, all of your expectations for Christmas, you had this perfect day um, outlined in your mind and you had this perfect idea of what everything was going to look like, and then what? None of it went the way you were planned, right? None of it went the way you planned it to go. And so then we're depressed, or then we're discouraged, or then we're sad, or at least disappointed because our expectations haven't been met. Well, I want to talk about that in several ways today. I want to talk about these expectations that we have, these great expectations that we have, uh, not only just in our physical observance of Christmas, but also in our spiritual lives and our spiritual approach to Christmas. Because here's the thing we need to understand, really a pretty big idea for us today. Your expectations may not be God's plan. Now, I don't want that to disappoint you too much, but we have to understand it's true. Our expectations may not be the plan that God has for us. Sometimes we have one thing in view, and we paint this picture of our life. We paint this picture of our marriage. We paint this picture of our family. We have this ideal plan for our career, and then what? Nothing goes as planned. Have you ever thought 
Maybe your expectations may not be God's plans. Expectations aren't bad or wrong, but they must be adjusted in order to work in concert with God who really didn't come to meet our expectations, but who came to remake our lives. In other words, there are things way more important sometimes than the things that we hold so tightly and so closely. Unfortunately, many times as we walk through our life, the things that are important to us may not be the things that are most important to God in our lives. John Bloom is a writer on uh, Desiring God uh, website, and Bloom had an article I thought was really good. Here's what he said. He said, if ever there was, or if there ever was a holiday to celebrate and worship God in his sovereign control over things not going the way we planned, it's Christmas. How true, right? As I said, oftentimes things just don't go as planned. But just maybe that God has his hand in all of that. So let's talk about Christmas and let's talk about some of those early expectations that come. Let's talk about what Christmas is all about. I want you to get this thought too. Christmas, I'm concerned, I'm convinced, is our celebration of the expected coming of the unexpected Jesus. I'm going to develop that thought for, for you just a little bit as we move through. It is the expected coming. We, we knew he was coming, but he came in an unexpected fashion. It makes me think about that this year because Christmas comes right now in expected ways, and yet there are unexpected things that will be tied to it for sure. Now, this year, Christmas comes for us. I'm in a very dark season, right? I mean, after all, 2020 has been a year we will likely never forget. It will distinguish itself in our minds. We will always remember 2020 as being an unusual and a unique year. And certainly as we approach Christmas, perhaps our world needs hope and needs light and needs life more than ever. Well, probably not, but at least in our minds, that's what we think. We think of the fact that our world is so dark. We need this Christmas. And so we've begun preparing for Christmas, right, earlier than normal. Now, we always started early for business reasons, for economic reasons, but now for even more reasons, our people have begun to prepare and look forward to Christmas. Why? Wanting some normalcy back to life, wanting to embrace some joy, wanting to embrace some hope, wanting to embrace some life and some peace and the things that we sing about and talk about at Christmas time. It's a dark day. But guess what? This is not the first Christmas to have a dark surrounding. This, this is not the first time that Christmas has come to a dark world. As a matter of fact, the very first Christmas, when Jesus was born, it was a very dark period of history, especially for the Jews. The Romans were in control. The Romans were in charge. The Romans were uh, not a gentle, loving bunch of people. They gave the Jews certain rights, and certainly they had certain rights for worship, etc., but they were anything but free. They had great expectations, these Jews. They had been in bondage for years. They had been under oppression for years. They knew their history included slavery. It included separation. It included a a time where they lost their land. It included dark, dark days. There was nothing new for them. But these Jewish people had hope. They had something they were waiting for. They had some great expectations that someday, one day, 
a Savior was coming into the world. Hamashiach, they called him, the Messiah. The Messiah was going to come. And through the centuries, the Jews had expectations that perhaps he may come in our period. Perhaps he may come in our day. Perhaps he may come during this Roman rule. I'm certain that on that first Christmas, the Jews were thinking this would be an ideal time for Hamashiach to come. This would be an ideal time for the Savior to come and set them free from the Roman bondage. But what's odd and ironic, and we're going to see in Scripture in a moment, is that when this Messiah finally came to the Jewish nation, they didn't recognize him. When he finally came, they didn't receive him. Why? Because he had not met or would not meet their great expectations. Had they just leaned upon the expectations of Scripture, they would have seen him coming. But all the things that they had trimmed their minds with and trimmed their hearts with and all the expectations that had become a part of their life caused them to be blinded when he did come. Now, we find the account in John chapter 1. And so if you have your Bible there at your home or, or, um, it, it, or in your study or wherever you are there, uh, turn it to John chapter 1. We're going to read beginning in verse 1. Some of the scriptures are going to be very familiar to you. Some of them uh, will not. And uh, I want to walk through those just a little bit, and then we'll talk about them. We're going to see three things in this chapter. We're going to see, first of all, that God had a plan from the very beginning. Let's begin reading in verse 1. One, and we'll see it unfold. John says, in the beginning, all right, very, very important, in the beginning, not, not in Bethlehem, not in, in, not in the time when Jesus is born, but in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God, where? In the beginning. All things were created through Him, and apart from him, not one thing was created that has been created. The first thing we need to see is that God had a plan from the beginning. Jesus is this word he's talking about. The word is God. Jesus is God. He is in the beginning. He is not only in the beginning, he is the creator God. He creates all things and by him all things exist. Now here's the problem. The problem is sometimes we want to put Jesus into a box like we are put into a box, right? Sometimes we want to think of him like we think of, uh, of ourselves. I came into an ex a place of existence, a point of existence at a point in time on the calendar, right? But here we're seeing that Jesus is eternal God. From the beginning, in the beginning, God, God is eternal. Jesus is eternal. His beginning was not in Bethlehem. Very important for us to see and understand. Don't put him into that box if you do, you're missing the point of who he is. This baby who graced the manger in the magnificent or insignificant, really, town of Bethlehem was no ordinary baby. He was God wrapped in flesh, coming to free his people from their debt, from the, the power, and from the presence of sin. Here is Jesus born into the world. Here is God being made flesh. Here is God coming to earth with a plan, with a purpose. His plan and his purpose is always perfect. The problem is we don't often recognize it. We don't often see it. We often have painted our own plan and taken that as more important than God's plan. 
But here is Jesus in the beginning speaking to us. Let's read on. Look at verse number four. It says, in him, that is in Jesus, was life. That's what we're looking for today, right? Life. We're living in a day where there's been a lot of death around us recently. But in him is life. And that life was what? The light of men. So not only is Jesus God in the beginning, but he is the light of men. Verse 5, that light shines in the darkness, and yet the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light, the true light that gives light to everyone who is coming into the world. Now, there we get an explanation from John about Jesus in the beginning and a little bit about God's plan. The world is filled with darkness. When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, Way back at the beginning, what happened? Sin entered into the world, and sin brought darkness. Sin took a, a, a world meant to be light and turned it into darkness. The darkness that we see around us is the result of sin and the fall of our, our four forefathers, Adam and Eve. And as a matter of fact, he's saying to us, John is reminding us that this world is dark, not just today, but yesterday and the day before and the day before. But he said, Jesus came to bring light. I love this passage because you know what? Sometimes it feels like darkness wins, doesn't it? Do you ever have periods in your life when you feel like darkness is winning? When even if you want to escape that darkness, you just can't? Have you had times in your marriage or in your family that you just felt like darkness was winning? Maybe it was with your children. Maybe it was with your, 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 your grandchildren. Maybe it's your, your siblings or your, your spouse or... But there's times we just feel like we're being oppressed by the darkness. And no matter how much we try, no matter how much we want to hold on to hope, no matter how much we want to embrace joy, we just can't. We're just suppressed by this darkness. But you know what I love about what John says? John says when Jesus came into the world, he brought light and life. That light brought life. And here's what I love. Watch this. He said the darkness was never able to overwhelm the light. The wonderful truth about light is what? Light always dispels darkness. Light always wins over darkness. We come into a dark room, we turn a switch, light comes, and the darkness is what? Chased away. We never come into a lit room, turn on a switch, and let darkness win over the light. It won't. The only way to get the room dark is to turn the light off. Now, I know that's pretty simple and everybody knows that, but do you realize what he's saying to us here? Darkness of this world, the darkness of sin is overcome by the light of Jesus Christ and the life that he brings. And as a matter of fact, light will always win over darkness. So have hope, my friend, and press on in your relationship with Jesus Christ. It's very, very, very important. True light has come into the world. The people of that day were in hopes that he had come to dispel the darkness of the Roman rule. But as a matter of fact, he had come with something much bigger 
in mind. Not only was he going to eventually rule, take over the darkness of that Roman rule, but he would also overcome the darkness of sin. His plan was to step onto earth so that he might live a perfect life, carry a rugged cross up Golgotha, and there die as a substitute for our sins so that darkness in our lives could be chased away by the light of Jesus Christ and his presence in our lives. You see, he had come for something far, far greater. If they were disappointed that the Roman rule continued after he had come, they didn't see the whole picture. Light is going to win. In fact, John tells us that Jesus overcomes the darkness. It's important that we grab that. It's important that we understand that God's plan is for you to invite him into your life, for you to avail yourselves of the gift that he came bearing 2,000 years ago when he came to a cross, went to a cross, died on a cross to atone for your sins, to cover your sins, to substitute for our sins, and to give us light and a life that would chase away the darkness. Now, what a great thought. What a great thing. But here's the problem. We think about God's plan, and God has a plan for us from the beginning. The problem is many of us don't recognize it when we see it. You might be sitting there right now thinking, I don't understand. I don't sense that that God has a plan for my life. You see, we can see God's plan. God's plan can be revealed in our hearts and our eyes, and we just don't see it. So the second thing I want to talk about this morning is this. In 10 and 11, we're going to see our expectations don't always sync with God's plans. Now, that happened with the Jews. Even though Jesus came, even though he was the one they had longed for, for centuries, even though he's the one that they had prayed for for centuries, even though he's the one that their prophets had told them about, their songwriters had sung about, they missed it. When he came, they rejected him. Why? Because he didn't meet their expectations. Look at what it says in verses 10 and 11. John says, he, that is Jesus, was in the world And the world was created through him, and yet the world did not recognize him. How do they not recognize Jesus? How do they not see him? Well, how do we not see him? How do we not recognize him today? He came to his own, John adds, and his own people did not receive him. His own people didn't receive him. Why? They didn't recognize him, they didn't know him, and he didn't meet their expectations. They had great expectations of a Savior that would immediately right the wrongs of the Romans and restore the brokenness and the oppression by the world. And when there was still that brokenness and oppression, they rejected him. They didn't see him. The same thing is true with us. Oftentimes, our expectations don't sync with God's plan. And what we expect to happen sometimes is not going to happen. Now, let's come back to Christmas just a moment because I want to get a little bit practical if I, if I can. Uh, sometimes we have unrealistic expectations about Christmas. Right now, some of us are calculating in our mind what we think Christmas Day, Christmas week, Christmas Eve is going to be like. We have these unrealistic expectations. We're thinking we can somehow get 
our lives to look like the Hallmark cards. Somehow we can have our relationships turn out like the Hallmark movies. Because after all, no matter what turmoil or what pressure or what struggle comes in that movie, the wonderful thing is on Christmas Day, everything always works out perfect in the end. And if that's your expectation, you may be in for a surprise, certainly a disappointment. The truth is, Christmas expectations often leave us disappointed. The, the danger's really real. Disappointed in various ways. Disappointed with the outcome. Disappointed with the way we feel. Disappointed with a gift that we didn't get. Disappointed with an opportunity we didn't seize. Disappointed with a tree that is shedding and looked like a Charlie Brown peanuts tree by the end of the season. Disappointed over relationships. I don't know. But some are disappointed and going to be disappointed because great expectations and what we've dreamed in our mind will not come about. Some, frankly, might even be disappointed with Jesus this Christmas. Yeah, I, I know you, you didn't expect me to say that, but it's true. Your life is not synced with your expectations or maybe your dreams for 2020 didn't come true. Maybe the Christmas tree isn't perfect and that was your way of celebrating the birth of Christ. Maybe old traditions are gone. Old traditions are gone. Now, I love the traditions of Christmas as much as anyone. We have our traditions and you have your traditions and ours may be different, but yours are important to you and mine are important to me. I love Christmas traditions, but I've also had to learn that often those traditions change. And if my expectation is to always hold to my traditions, I'm going to be disappointed. I think the first time that happened for me was after my children had grown and gotten married and, and had their own families. And, and suddenly I realized that the opportunity for us to do our traditions the way we had done them were no longer there. And Christmas began to look a whole lot different. And my expectations were that they all, it ought to look like this. And then suddenly it doesn't. And if I'm not careful, I can move into a very disappointed and depressed state. For some of you, Christmas is going to look different this year. Maybe you've lost a loved one in the past year. Maybe you're, maybe you're not able to be with your family because of the, the ever presence of the virus. Or, or, or maybe there's, there's just financially because you were off work this summer or, or you, because of a shutdown economically. You just don't have the money for Christmas gifts. And, and, and so your expectations are this Christmas can never be right. And, or else it's going to disappoint you if you try to make it so. The truth is... We've got to be careful to understand that there's more to these expectations than just dreaming in our mind. I, I want to talk about this third thing and bring up a couple more, more verses and we'll bring it for a landing. The third thing I think we see from John 1 is that genuine faith in Christ points us, points our experience, our expectations, I'm sorry, in the right directions. So, Pastor Eddie, if you're saying that I have to be careful about checking my expectations, if you're saying that my expectations don't always sync with God's plan, how do we get it right? How do we make our expectations right? If expectations are good, how do we make sure we're going in the right direction? I'm convinced that our faith in Christ leads us in that direction. Look at what John says in verses 12 and 13. He says, but. Now remember the but is following the fact that those who knew him didn't recognize him. Those who were his own people rejected him, but... To all who did receive him, 
He gave them the right to be children of God. To whom? To those who believe in his name. Nothing has changed now 2,000 years later. Still, he, those who receive him, to them he gives the right to be children of God. To whom? To we who will believe in his name, who were born not of natural descent or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. You see, the first Christmas, Jesus disappointed those who had great expectations because their expectations were misplaced. He came offering them something very different than what they expected. But those who believe, to those who receive and those who believe, he gave the right to become the children of God. Now, there's a couple of key words there. One of the key words is believe. You see, we have to believe Jesus. We have to trust Jesus. We have to place our faith in Jesus. Not just believe in him. Not just believe that he existed. History documents that. Archaeology, um, uh, um, uh, geology, all the things that we see in the studies can, can prove that, affirm that. We don't believe in him. We must believe him. The word there really is trust. We must trust him and his finished work on the cross. We must trust him with our life. We must trust him with our being. We must give him our entire life and say we want to commit to him. He didn't come offering what they wanted. But unknowingly to them, he came offering to them exactly what they needed. The truth is, my friend, today, faith in Christ, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, will direct our expectations in the right direction. Our our faith in Christ directs us toward the right source for our expectations. And when our expectations are not in a set of gifts under a tree, when our expectations are not, the, uh, not in the emotions of a season, when our expectation is in Jesus Christ, he doesn't disappoint. John put it this way, uh, one last verse from John, 14, John 1, he said, the word, that is Jesus, same one referred to him in verses 1 and following. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. That is, God became flesh. That's the Christmas story. We observed his glory, the glory as of the only son from the father. Here's what I want you to see, full of grace and truth. Full of grace and truth. Jesus brought grace and truth. He brought what the people needed, even though they didn't know what they needed. They thought what they needed was deliverance from Rome. They thought what they needed was deliverance from oppression. They thought what they needed was more food and more, better, more money and better jobs. And what they needed was the excitement of a new era. They thought they had all these needs. And when they looked at the baby in Bethlehem and the man who rose to teach by the Sea of Galilee, they said, that's not what we were looking for. I don't know what you're looking for this Christmas season, but if you're looking with expectation for a day on a calendar or a season of the year or the decorations of your home to bring fulfillment to your life, you're going to have a hard time and quite possibly face discouragement. Jesus said, if you'll believe, 
you can become children of God. The second key word is receive. As many as received him, in order to enjoy the gift, we have to receive it, right? It's one thing for me to offer you a gift at Christmas, but you have to receive it. Jesus has given us a gift. God has given us a gift. Paul said to the, the, the church at Ephesus, he, say, he, he wrote these words. He said, for by grace you've been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. God has given you the gift of salvation. God has given you the gift of life eternal. God has given you the gift of abundant living. God has given you the gift of forgiveness. But you have to receive it. If your expectation is a Savior that keeps you from trouble or fixes your problems, you're going to be disappointed. Because he's a Savior who completely saves us from the penalty of sin and gives us eternal life in heaven. In that, he will not disappoint. I jotted this in my notes. If you're looking for a God to meet your expectations, Jesus isn't for you. But if you're looking for a God to rescue from sin, to give you a home in heaven, to transform your life, Jesus is the one you need to turn to today. And I'm going to encourage you to do that. You say, but you don't understand. You don't understand, Pastor Eddie. My, my life is so out of control, and, and, and I don't know what to expect. I don't know what to expect this Christmas. I don't know what to expect today. I don't know what to expect tomorrow. I don't know what to expect from my job or my family. I don't know if my family's coming for Christmas. I don't know if we'll even have Christmas. I don't know what to expect. Well, here's the takeaway for today. I think John tells us that God's in control of the unexpected. God is in control of the unexpected. Nothing takes him by surprise. Everything pretty much takes us by surprise, but nothing takes him by surprise. And oftentimes things come out of our control, but nothing is ever out of his control. So we have an opportunity to celebrate his gift. Celebrate his gift of eternal life. One final thought. Christmas is the celebration of his gift, not our expectation. So you see, I guess I'm saying God is not going to shift his plan to meet your expectation. But rather, our goal is to shift our, ex, our expe, um, expectation to sync with his plan. What's his plan for you? Well, it starts with eternal life. So if you're here today and you're listening today, and God is speaking to your heart and you're beginning to say, hey, I think I need to know more about it. I think I need to explore this. I think I want to engage it. I think I want to receive that gift of eternal life. You can receive that gift today. You say, I don't know how to do that, Pastor Eddie. I understand if you hand me a gift, I reach out and take it. But how do I do this? You receive his gift by faith, by turning from your sin and turning to God. By basically saying, you know what? I've tried it my way and it hadn't worked out real good. God, I want to go your way. I want to give my heart and my life to you. I want to surrender and let you take charge and let you take control and invite Jesus to come into your life. Thank him for his gift of salvation that he's given you. Thank him for the opportunity to be his child. Thank him for opening your eyes to see the greater expectation and the greatest ex expectation of this Christmas season. And that is that Christ has come into the world as a baby to save mankind. Wow, what a thought. Hey, listen, if you're on our website, you can, you can 
access uh, people who are ready to talk to you. There's, there's, there's a place you can just click if you'd like prayer, maybe somebody to pray with you. There, there's a place for you to wave at us and let us know if, you, if you'd like to know Christ as your Savior, if you'd like to invite him and, and receive this gift and you need to talk more about it, we'd be glad to enter into a chat with you. I, I hope you'll do that. If you're watching on Facebook, you just comment, let us know. There's people watching all those right now, waiting right now to respond to you, waiting right now for you to invite them to speak into your heart and into your life. They'd be happy to do that. I can't think of a better way to begin this Christmas season. In fact, we begin this series and this season with great expectation that God is going to speak to many of your hearts and many lives. And we're going to be changed for His glory and His grace. So call today. Click today. Respond today. Let us pray for you. Heavenly Father, Thank you so much for your grace and truth. Thank you, Father, for bringing us to the point of understanding that Jesus is light and life. And amidst all of our expectations for this Christmas season, may we first and foremost not miss the Lord Jesus Christ and His coming. May we not allow ourselves to miss the best because we expected something different. Thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayer today. In Jesus' name, amen.